0: to episode 227 of... Brutal Battle! Sorry, I flubbed the number up just a little bit, just because, uh, it's you know, it's been a little bit since I've recorded with another person who isn't like Rebecca or my
1: mom or my dad or something I, I like that. I was just about to say my beauty uh, caught caught him off guard.
0: Well, I mean, I gotta say, your facial hair <laughs>
1: is pretty well trimmed right now. Oh, yeah, it's,
0: it, it's definitely cleaned up. So yeah, it's, it's looking nice. It's looking nice. Um, so people, if you don't remember, this is... Michael John's at. It's been a while. All too long. I want to say at least over a year. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely over a year. Because when Mike got over here, he was like, Oh, you're not recording in the basement? I'm like, (laughs) Oh no, I moved out of the basement because of acoustics. He's like, You got a new microphone? And I was like, Yeah, that old thing was like super cheap, so I decided to upgrade. Plus, it was starting to like rattle a little bit when it was recording. So I was like, I can't go on like this if I'm going to keep doing this podcast. So Rebecca has assured me that there are some exciting beers, some exciting beers, at least she said she's excited about. I like the way they look. Yeah, so we'll do some episodes, and I'm assuming there's some good stuff in there somewhere. But first, let's start talking about our topic for this one. So this topic, um, I don't know how recent it's going to be when this episode actually comes out, but when we're recording this, this... Information just came out like this week. Well, not even a full week ago. It was within some days. So this is basically about Constellation Brands closing two Ballast Point locations and also abandoning plans for a San Francisco brew pub. So I want to read you a large portion of this article, almost all of it, honestly, from BrewBound, brewbound.com. So if you want to find the article, you can find it there. And this is basically an article that's going to talk to you about how if people don't remember Bowles Point was purchased by Constellation Brands in 2015 for $1 billion. I know some people at the time who were like, uh, that seems really, really high for buying a brew. Yeah, exactly. And so things are starting to happen because of that now. Okay, so here's the article. Um, So like I said, they're shutting, they're closing two Bowles Point locations and abandoning the plans for the San Francisco Brew Brew Pub A spokesman, a spokeswoman with the New York-based beer, wine, and spirits company Constellation Brands, uh, today confirmed the closure of Ballast Point Brewing's eighty thousand square foot Trade Street sour beer and barrel aging facility, which opened in San Diego in late twenty seventeen, as well as its Temecula, California-based brew pub, which opened in two thousand sixteen. So obviously, these these locations were open since the acquisition. So they were already operating at a deficit of cash when they took over, and then they threw more cash in on it, and now they're closing these things down. Which, by the way, when I was reading this, I was thinking of you because I was like, oh, the sour beer and barrel aging facility. Mike's was, okay. Yeah, I was I thought get that like, oh, no, no loss there. Sour beer suck anyway. <laughs> Mike's not a fan. If people don't know, he hates sour beers. I think that has been said when he was on some time ago, mm-hmm. but it's been some time, so it – Kind of bears repeating. Um, okay, so I'm skipping the quotes because it just doesn't matter. Uh, it was added that Constellation has also abandoned plans to open a brew pub in San Francisco's Mission Bay neighborhood where the NBA's Golden State Warriors are building a new stadium. I yeah, could have brought them some business. Mm-hmm. Decision comes two weeks after Constellation recorded a $108 million impairment charge to Ballast Point's trademarks. Okay, so I looked it up, an impairment charge is basically where you're saying, I'm adjusting the value of this company, it is this much less. So an impairment charge of $108 million, yeah, yeah. Um, essentially admitting it overpaid when it bought the business for $1 billion in late 2015, Constellation previously recorded an eighty-seven million dollar impairment charge to the Ballast Point trademarks in June of 2017. So we're looking at almost two hundred million dollars. Actually, we're looking at yeah, almost two hundred million dollars okay. in de- depreciation of the value of this company since they were taken over. Well, bought up, bought out. As of press time, it's unclear how many jobs will be affected as a result of the closures, but they said the company will work to help impacted employees. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, The Trade Street Brewery featured a 40-barrel brew house, a dedicated bottling line, wooden barrels, and capacity to supply approximately 275,000 cases of sour and barrel-aged beer annually. That's a lot. Operations at the Trade Street location will transition... I don't know what that means. I guess they're going to be using it differently. I guess maybe they're like, we can't be doing sours and barrel mm-hmm. agent anymore. I don't know. Layoffs could extend beyond the brewery and brew pub locations as well. Doesn't sound good. A source with knowledge of the situation said sales positions in the South and Midwest were eliminated. Uh, last year, Constellation, whose craft portfolio also includes Funky Buddha in Florida and Four Corners Brewery in Texas, shed about 60 craft and specialty reps throughout the U.S. Uh, at the time, Constellation provided the same reasoning for the layoffs, basically saying they're right sizing is what they've called it. Um, those layoffs came on the same day Constellation announced a $4 billion investment in Canopy Growth Corporation, which is a Canadian cannabis company. Eight months later... And Constellation decided to make cuts and close two Ballast Point locations, which came on the same day that it announced purchase minority stake in Los Angeles company El Silencio Holdings, which is a parent company of Mezcal El Silencio. Uh, After peaking at about 403,000 barrels produced in 2016, the nationally distributed brand has suffered declines. The company made 377,000 barrels of beer in 2017, the last year for which production data is available, basically. So according to market research firm IRI, off-premise volume sales of ballast point products declined 3.4% in 2018. Um, Amid the layoffs and closures, Constellation has continued to pursue brewpub expansions, across the country, and has consolidated its brewing operations to a brewing campus in San Diego's Miramar neighborhood. It also introduced redesigned packages, lowered pricing, and purchased pricey airtime during the 2017 World Series in an effort to stimulate growth. Well, there's a problem. People don't watch baseball that much anymore. Would have It would have been more better served going for, like, the Super Bowl uh-huh. or something like that. Um, While it remains to be seen if the remaining Southern California brew pubs will be successful, the other initiatives have not helped to offset declines. Uh, In the years following the Bows Point acquisition, Constellation doubled the San Diego-based craft brewery's tasting room and brew pub footprint, adding locations in Temecula, Long Beach, California, Daleville, Virginia, and Chicago. It also opened a location inside Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California. Okay, so that's it. That's the whole thing. I, I read that's almost awful. I read almost the whole article, and that was because it was a very tight article. There's a lot of good information. So, Mike, your feelings on what's going
1: on here? You know, I, mostly, I think it's Constellation trying to diversify their bonds. You know, they want to get into the beer game, and they want to go into a higher-end beer market because that's where their portfolio is going is the higher end. And I just think it was one of those things where Ballast Point was sitting there and, you know, a number was thrown around, and Constellation agreed to it, and they just wanted in on it, and they didn't really plan and jump the gun. You know, they just recently sold off 30 of their cheaper brands to Gallo for $1.7 So they're, they're cleaning stock of their lower-tier quality products and focusing on their higher and nichier products. And I think the marijuana business is going to be a big part of their future. $4 billion into the largest producer of marijuana in Canada. They now control four of the seven seats on the board. They have full power. Oh wow! So you kind of think that maybe they're
0: um, well. Two things I heard in there that I, that I I'm seeking clarity if if this is what you think that a they didn't do their research when they bought Constellation really
1: well not when, when Constellation bought Ballast Point. Oh yes, yeah, that's what I meant. Correct. Sorry, I you. I think they did some research, but I think they should not have done enough. better. And I thought they're thinking, well, you know, we can take this brand and elevate it to here. When in fact, when you're trying to compete on the national level. On the beer market, fifteen ninety six-packs aren't going to work when you have, like, Goose Island pumping out 18 15-packs. Right. You know, it, it's when you're going nationwide, you can't go super high-end always. You've got to have that core everyday product and then have the niche one-offs as your high-end margin makers. Well, and you, and you would know this, prior to Constellation buying Bows Point, were there
0: six-packs high-priced? Like, I remember Sculpin being, like, crazy, and people were commenting on that.
1: They, they, they were higher-priced into the market, but they, I, I feel like they did kind of jump up a lot. And that also, when Constellation bought into them, they started focusing more on those fruit-style IPAs, the grapefruit mm. Sculpin and all okay. that. And that's when the Hazy IPAs, the New England-style IPAs, started coming out, and they never transitioned with the change. Well, it also seemed to me they never transitioned with sour beers either. Correct, yeah. Like, I
0: know you're not a sour beer no. fan, but you sell plenty of it, mm-hmm. I'm sure. You know how oh, yeah. popular it has become. And Maryland, it's popular now in Maryland, and Maryland Huge. has been a, kind of a
1: holdout state for beer trends. We, we put a Barley Oak Dream on tap at the Growler Station. It's um, gone within hours. Well, that's... That's its own thing,
0: kind of. There aren't that many breweries doing a dream-style sour. Those are the sours that they're doing. They're kind of like smoothie sours, in a sense. Like, they have lactose and fruit added to the souring. So, really, the only people I know or only breweries who are really doing that and doing it well are Burley Oak, Dewey Beer Company, and RAR. Those are the only ones doing those. So, um, yeah, but... So you can confirm, like, they were pricier, oh, yeah. but then they got more pricey. Oh, yeah. I, I believe so. So they're... I don't know. In a sense, it seemed like they were kind of
1: pricing themselves out of competition. That... I, well, I... I in a way, yes, in a way, now you know i 'm seeing cans of beer sell for five ninety nine six ninety nine and people yeah. buy them so you know I, I think their model was the everyday beer at that price is too high, right. and that 's right, what right. they underestimated. Yeah. You can easily sell beer at that price and it'd be a good value, but an everyday beer that 's on the shelf should not be topping fifteen ninety nine on retail well, and the thing
0: is i've i've heard so many people like every person I know. Who knows a good amount about craft beer when they talk about overpricing with beer they talk about two two things they talk about one brewery in particular which is Stillwater artisanal mm, ales yes. cuz the pricing is insane on those But then, when they want to do a specific beer, they talk about
1: Sculpin, and this is the thing: it's an IPA, and people are like, "There's nothing special about it. It's not. It's not a high proof barley wine. It's not a barrel aged stout. It didn't take a year to age or anything. They can make it just as quick as just about any other beer." Well, and the other thing is there are so many good to great mm-hmm. IPAs out there that are
0: affordable, yes. certainly more affordable than Sculpin. So people just look at it and they're just like, am I going to buy this good IPA for a lot of money, or am I going to buy this good-to-great IPA yeah. for
1: less money? That's a no-brainer. Especially with all the local breweries popping up that are making great beers. Yes. Why, why yeah. buy a higher price beer like that, basic IPA Sculpin, when I can get a Union Duck Pen or mm-hmm. some, something along those lines, an RAR Nanny Coke Nectar? Yeah, no, that's true. Well... <sighs>
0: I don't know, and the and the other thing I was, I guess, kind of going back because I didn't finish it off was about their sour issue. You know, the the whole time I kind of, you know, I keep my my eye on the shelf, kind of, and partially because we do the on the shelf episodes, but. You would know better, so correct me if I'm wrong here. I didn't see barely any sours in our market from Ballast Point. I remember one, and it was their Blackberry Sour Wench,
1: which was just like a Blackberry Sour Beer. They've been coming out with a lot more of the Sour Wench series. They haven't been flooding the markets with it. Like right now, I'm pretty sure on the shelf I have a Sour Me Wench that's aged in high West Barrels. So they have been putting Sounds out more a little bit more variants out there, but there's definitely breweries that are doing a whole lot more, like Duclaw, for example, that's pumping out all sorts of different gozas and sours. Right. So they're
0: yeah they're focusing but to me it had really seemed like Ballast Point just wasn't there
1: like they weren't there with the trends they weren't staying on yeah, top they, of they it. were one two maybe even three steps behind a lot yeah. of the trends and they weren't I, I don't feel they were fully paying attention to the marketplace or they didn't believe the trend would take off as well as it did right. I'm not quite sure where they slipped the pooch on that one but. And it, it makes me wonder, it, what, it,
0: was it a symptom of the company that took them over where someone else was then making the decisions on what styles they were going to go after and they just weren't educated and keeping their finger on the pulse of the beer community? Or were there people still there who were with Ballast Point in the beginning and they were just got used to being in the forefront and didn't look to continually innovate or stay with um, Trends?
1: I don't know. Yeah. You could only really speculate on that without yeah. having somebody that was in the business, in the deal, sitting next to us. Yeah. Exactly. You know, a person, I think it's probably a little combination of the two where you have people now in, in the business that really don't know it making decisions and people that are like, you know what? My name's off of it now and I'm just collecting a paycheck, so I'm just going <laughs> to go through the motions, like my check, and yeah. have a nice day. Yeah. Um, so one
0: of the other things when you were talking about your feelings on this, your ideas, uh, one of the other things I heard is that it seemed like you were saying that they're kind of trying to shift their money and their focus away from um, Ballast Point to focus on more diverse things,
1: especially what they see as more of a cash cow, which would be cannabis since it's so new. Th- that's what I think. You know, I don't think they're completely giving up on Ballast Point, but right. I don't think they're going to lead it as, hey, this is my number one son right here, and I'm go- I'm going to back him up all the way. It's like, all right. He's slipping. Let's try and keep him alive, but let's try and start focusing on other avenues that look a whole lot more promising.
0: Yeah. And I guess maybe it's a bit of a situation where they're kind of like, when they purchased Bowels Point back in 2015, they were like, this is our like juggernaut brand yeah. that we have. Like, this is our shiniest, our most amazing. And then over time, that's kind of changed because. A, you know, they were kind of falling behind and they were worth less money, but B, they kept acquiring other things mm-hmm. and now the prioritization is just reshuffling yeah. and they're kind of
1: like, sorry guys, we're not going to be able to give you as much support here. And with now 2015, marijuana wasn't completely recreational legal in Canada. It right. is now. So now they're sitting on the largest producer of marijuana in Canada as the sh- share majority shareholder. So it's like, what, what would you do? I know where I would refocus really my, my attention and my yeah. my money on. Well, and the legalization of marijuana ha- in Canada happened
0: last year, right? 2018? I, I want to say
1: right towards the end of last
0: year, okay. I think, or mid-year. I, I think it went into effect like October mm-hmm. of 2018. That sounds about right. So not long ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, when when I first read the article, it just kind of seemed to me like, man, they screwed up. Man, someone messed this up or that up somewhere. But when we're talking this out a little bit more it's it, a chess it, game. Yeah, it's not like an all is
1: lost yeah. type thing. But I will tell you who won big. The owners of Ballast Point. Exactly. <laughs> I can just picture him sitting there like, yeah, I don't want to sell it for this, I don't want to sell this, and some representative calls him up from Constellation, we're off you a know, billion dollars. So yeah <laughs> so well, the other thing is, I look back, and I believe Lagunitas had sold... $500, 500 million, I think it was, for half their company for international distribution, if I remember correctly. I don't even remember what it was. I think that was the Heineken, Heineken Fours yes, or something. Yes, Heineken bought half,
0: and they, yeah, I don't. I couldn't find a price on it when I was looking there, but it was, I think it was also in 2015, but they had said that, like, Lagunitas was valued around a billion mm-hmm, at that point, correct. too. Correct. So what kind of, like, business savvy do you have to not have in order to get someone like Ballast Point for a billion <laughs> when someone else got Lagunitas, who
1: was doing better than Ballast Point at that point? They only got half of Lagunitas, so They didn't buy the full... Oh, right, Yeah, exactly. they didn't buy the full portion. They just bought that half the yeah. company. Well, and the thing is, like, yeah, back then,
0: Lagunitas was doing better. Lagunitas is still doing better mm-hmm. at this point. I would say so. It's...
1: Oh, I don't know. That, I mean, that I That Waldo's Reserve they just put out this year, oh, so what is it? Waldo Special Reserve. What's the difference with that? Is it's like it? a triple IPA. Ooh. It's eleven seven percent Oh, it's mm-hmm. so, so good. Currently, it's on tap at Wine World. Tap 26.
0: <laughs> so if
1: you're <laughs> if you're near
0: Wine World in Maryland, then go for it. Yeah, I haven't tried that one. I should probably stop by yes. and just give it a taste. Because that's the other thing is you guys will let people just take a little taste of everything. Do you guys cap that off at, at a certain number? Like you uh, can't
1: taste uh, over a certain amount? By Hartford County laws, it has to be, uh, I think it's five or six samples. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. So,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's kind of all I had to say. No, actually, there's one more thing about that whole Constellation Ballast Point thing. It kind of... I kind of don't like seeing this news, but a part of me does like seeing this news just because it's kind of like – How's that you, foot taste? Right. You guys <laughs> got stung. You, you you did it because I like seeing these breweries stay independent, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I also feel like whether or not there's any real merit to it, it's just kind of how I feel, that they're more innovative and and easily more easily maneuverable – within the landscape of craft beer when they're smaller,
1: when they're not controlled by a bigger entity. Good point to that independent comment. Look at Dogfish Head 60 Minutes' new six-pack design. Like a good third of the package is designed just for that independent beer logo with the upside-down bottle. Well, breweries (laughs) are planning that bad boy all over the place, and people are looking for it. Good. I'm glad
0: to hear that. I know we did we talked about that topic Mm -hmm. back when it was starting to hit and they did have a lot of breweries that jumped on that really quick. Uh, But there were some people who were just like, come on, man, this is dumb. Do we really need to do this? But yeah, I mean, it's a marketing strategy to say if you care about, independent craft beer
1: here's a way to identify that a quick way to yeah. identify that you know we got ways to identify kosher wines we yeah. got organic things yeah. why why not independently run fa- family businesses or
0: something yeah totally and obviously the the most outspoken people about it were like you know ab and bev and like miller coors were like guys 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 <laughs> why are we trying to divide our, ourselves we're we all in the beer industry we together. don't need to pull the curtain out on anybody <laughs> they're like excuse me Says the company who's been trying to kill people with litigation for years. I, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, you can't play this victim card now, buddy. But yeah, good on the people who sold Bal's point, man. Yeah. Like, you guys are living yeah. large. And you're looking now and being like, well, I mean, I was going to say they're looking and being like, <laughs> they might not be. Yeah. They might actually be looking at it and being like, oh, oh that Lord. kind of
1: sucks. Because, like, that was my baby yeah. at
0: one point. I
1: created that. Yeah. I started that. Yeah. But and then you think it's a billion dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of walking around cash. They're like feeling bad
0: for a second and then they look into their money vault a la Scrooge McDuck. They're like, I'm going to go swimming all these gold coins. Yeah. But the thing that really sucks about it is people are going to lose jobs. Yep. That's what really blows. People are going to be heavily impacted
1: and that's but what sucks. something in the facilities, the buildings are there, the facilities are there. So, something's going to come in and something's going to replace True. it. It's, it's all the nature of the game. What about Stone? What about Stone can come and take some of that? Uh-huh. Uh, you know
0: how they are. Okay, cool. Uh, anything else you want to throw out on that topic? No, I think I'm pretty good there. Then it is time for Mystery Beers. Yeah, yeah I've been and waiting
1: for him. He's like a tease. He
0: puts them in front of me and he starts talking. I want you to just sit there, stare at them for a long time. So they look like most likely they're both IPAs. One's a little definitely darker, a like little reddish the- than the other. So A the hazy one A is on the left the hazy okay. is there a lot of crap at the bottom of yours or did I just get kind of like the bottom of the can or
1: bottle it looks like you might have gotten the bottom I'm seeing yeah, okay. I'm seeing some like float there but it looks more like the haze float rather yeah. than an actual like yeast or yeah this is
0: this is a hazy IPA it's got to be because like that kind of like gunk at the bottom just looks like yeah looks like yeast or something but um this this is when I swirl mine up, it looks a little, yeah, it's hazier, it's it's orange, it's very orange looking, looks like a hazy IPA. What does it smell like? <sighs> it smells like a hazy IPA. I don't smell a whole lot of bitterness in there. No. What do you get? Not, I'm not getting a lot of citrus either. So, I get a mix. It's like, I get some citrus, I get citrus, but I also get a bit of a pine note at play there, which makes me think a little bit Mango. The citrus I do get is more of like an orange. It's on that orange end. So it's kind of like low bitterness. There's no bitterness on the taste. Really? It does smell a little sweet, actually. So it's like low bitterness, a little sweet, a little bit of mango, a little bit of pine, a
1: little bit of orange. So there you go. It's it's definitely not like a milkshake or anything, but it definitely almost has like a creamy lactose-like feel on the finish. Okay. Yeah, I can see where you're getting that.
0: It's really drying. Mm -hmm. It it like saps all the moisture out of my tongue. After the first sip, second sip as well. Hmm. There's a little bit of a, like a naked Cheerio, like cereal note on the finish. Biscuity note. Yeah, it's biscuity. I can definitely see that. It is kind of like bready, like yeasty, like going along with that biscuity you're talking about. Um, I don't know. It tastes like it tastes a little bit like all-purpose flour, in my opinion.
1: A little bit. It almost does feel like the beer has a little bit of a chew to it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's going
1: along with like that yeastiness,
0: that biscuitiness. Like, yeah, it's it's creating a little bit of a of a more substantial body that is a little chewy. Um, I do get
1: the orange in there. I do get the bit of mango in there. I don't get the mango at all, but I am starting to pick up slight notes of the orange. Now Mm -hmm. that I'm consuming a little bit more and smelling. Yeah, I get orange, mango, and pine is mainly what I get. But it's not super juicy.
0: It's not super pronounced. But the bitterness is basically not there. I mean, there's a little bit on the end, a little bit, but it's not a whole lot. This beer's okay. Um, the more I sip it, the
1: the there's a bit of a sweetness to it that starts to grow with each sip. You know, like for me, I have no problem with this beer. It's one I normally drink. It's nothing it's not like bad. I'm. I'm not writing home like, "Oh my god, my eyes are open. This is the most right. amazing beer I've ever had." But it's like, yeah, I would drink this again any day of the week. You can pour me a glass, and I could sit there and sip on it. Yeah, so for me,
0: I'm not – people know I'm not huge on the New England style Mm -hmm. IPA, these hazy IPAs. I would like bitterness because it creates more of a serious beer for me to pay attention to. Um, But, you know, I like a hazy hazy IPA here and there, and this to me is one of those ones that kind of falls in the middle of like – it's an okay one. You know, it's not one of the ones that it's like, this is awesome, this is well done, like the Burley Oak hazy IPAs, the Trillium hazy IPAs. Stuff like that. Those, you're just like, wow, this is awesome. I definitely feel like I might have had this before. This seems a tad bit familiar to me. Um, it it tastes like a derivation of a beer Rebecca and I had last night. Not as good. The 24 to Tollgate. Oh, uh,
1: yep, yep. There was yep. a collaboration between Wine World yeah, and the Brewing. And Wine Route 24 L House. Oh, they're yeah, on no, they, they, they teamed line. up with us on it, too. Yeah, so this reminds me of that, but that one, the flavors were more pronounced, and it was tastier. Well, that and the 24 to Tollgate was an actual lactose, New England-style IPA. They added Mm -hmm. lactose into it. So you got got that little bit more of what I felt mellowed the bitterness of the hops out and kind of forefronted the flavor profile. Yeah, that was a, like, solid, solid. There's there's also a pineapple variant of it available at Wine World or Route 24. Oh, Okay. Actually, Rebecca and I have been talking about going to Route 24. I highly recommend it. Awesome so, place. House of food. Delicious. Chicken wings, phenomenal. Okay. Hand pressed burgers. You're not talking mm. about like frozen burgers or anything. Nice. Crab dip, really good. All right. Yeah, I looked at their tap list, and it's pretty solid. Yeah, no, 32 taps. Yeah. You know, they got that's some nice. basic domestics on there, but I've never had a problem finding one, two, three beers to yeah. try and have while I'm there. Well, that's just, it just reminds me, Rebecca and I were just at a uh, murder
0: mystery dinner today. At this place called Cunningham's in um, Towson, Maryland. I've heard of them before. Yeah, and we we go there, and their beer list sucked. Because I asked them, and they were just like, we had, you know, Anheuser-Busch products. Uh. They, they just named Anheuser-Busch products. And then they said, Stella Artois and The Truth IPA by Flying Dog. And I was just like, eh. I was like, first I was like, skip. A little higher alcohol than I want, but I'll take the truth. Yeah. I was, at first I skipped. I was like, I don't want anything then. They're like, sure about that. And I'm like, I'll, let me think about it. I'll come back later. So I eventually went back. I got a truth. It was slightly skunky. Uh,
1: I think it was that, out of date code. At a date, place that yeah. doesn't have a good beer selection. That's, yeah. That's common. Yeah. There's a little place up in Habity Grace. And I can't remember. The best beer they had was Fat Tire. Oh, they had Fat Tire there too. Yeah. See, yeah. That sucks. I, I ordered it. I tasted it. I was like, "Oh God, no!" I looked at the <laughs> bottle. It was two months out of date. Yeah. I was like, "You know what? I know how it is." And I'm I'm looking at this place. I'm not going to beef with them. I'm going to suck it up, whatever. drink this yeah. one, and move I on know. to a water. I mean, like at least have like a pilsner or something. You know, like pull in a Union Skipjack, which is like one of my favorite beers lately. But these places they don't they don't have beer people to know no, this. that's true. No, they're, yeah. they're they're relying on the distributors and the sales reps to yes. tell them pretty much what's what, and that's never a good idea. Yeah. No, it's not okay. I'm I'm
0: I'm fine with A. It's, it's Were we gonna decent. rate A before we moved on to B, or um, are we gonna go nah. B? Okay, let's go to B. B is also orange, but and it is a little hazy, but
1: it's it's still, definitely clearer though. It, yeah, it's more of a darker haze rather than that cloudy unfiltered haze. Totally agree with that. Let me smell it. Definitely really smells maltier.
0: Holy crap!
1: Yeah, there's oh. it almost it almost has a stout like aroma. Yeah, it smells I when I try chocolatey,
0: cocoa y. Yeah, I smelled like a little chocolatey. I also smelled some coffee in there as well when I first sniffed it. There's something else in there that's weird to me. But it is very malty. You're right. I'm doing the arm sniff too.
1: Great way to clear your nose. Yeah, reset this is, reset it. This is confusing. Oh the, the taste doesn't help that much either.
0: Okay, okay. So what it is smelling a tad bit like to me is a beer we had kind of recently. It's a, uh, it was a barrel aged Imperial cream ale and it kind of has a little bit of like that Imperial cream ale so From smell. that Kentucky bourbon, barrel, bourbon brewery place? No, level. that's, no, that's actually from Carton Brewing oh, okay. in New Jersey. Uh, if it's not, out, it, that episode will have been out by now. So we did a showcase for that. Go back and find it, people.
1: I'm definitely getting some coffee though. Oh, definitely. I don't know if it's from like the multi roastiness or there's. Well, I feel like somebody there. did a coffee blonde not too long ago, and I can't remember who it was. Maybe, but this like the body, like in it's the nose, is what I smell. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it seems thicker. It seems more serious. Well, and the than color that. of it too. It's weight. It's way more of an amber. Yeah, darker, darker golden color than a, the blonde could ever be classified as. Yeah, it
0: is like an orange with yeah. a tinge of brown. Okay, I'll try oh. this. I'm intrigued. Oh. That that's really soft.
1: Yeah. It almost drinks like a porter. It is a little chocolatey, I feel like.
0: I do feel like I get a little bit of like a coffee. But it's very, very both of those notes are, are
1: pretty subtle. Hmm. This beer's kinda of confusing. This reminds me kind of, of the stone of Master of the Skies, but I know that was a whole lot lighter, so it can't yeah. be that one. I don't know. I feel
0: like what we're getting is all is all driven by the actual malt in it. I don't think there's anything added. Yeah, I, I, th- I think there might be some coffee added to it. I just feel like it's not
1: at the right level for me for that. It is seeming kind of like cream ale-like. See, like I feel like if you were using a malt that was roasted to the point to get those flavors, you would get a darker style beer where the yeah. additional coffee, you can still keep that kind of lighter color. I feel like I'm starting to get an ABV, like a real present
0: ABV on this. Like the the perception of a little bit of an uh, alcohol astringency is happening
1: in there. I'm a whiskey drinker, so when it comes to beer, it's kind of hard for me to pick that up sometimes. You're just like, this is light. There is that just like faint chocolate
0: and like a, a little bit of a coffee, but they're not super pronounced, I don't think. I don't know. This is weird.
1: I'm very intrigued to find out what this is. Yeah. I don't know what this is, but... I don't know how to feel about it, too, because, like, I like the taste. I like the nose. But looking at it, nothing's really adding up. So it's one of those things that's where, like, I don't like you because that's not what I <laughs> thought was going to happen. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but would you yeah. still drink it? Like, yeah. is this something you're like, this is good? This would be more of a food beer than a sit yeah. there and just watch the game drink beer.
0: But.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's interesting because in comparison... If you go back to A after having B, it boosts the citrus a little bit makes that beer a little bit more bright. So, helps that out. Oh, my God, yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There's Okay, this is going to sound weird, but in beer B, I just went back to it, and there's something that tastes a little dirty. Does that make
1: sense to you? It's kind of weird. It's something that's a little dirty, like... Usually I find that more in the farmhouse, Saisons, Sour Beers. That's when I get that barnyardy, dirty, Yeah, funky no. I think what you're referring to is like the, the the funk that
0: you get from like Brettanomyces, <sighs> uh, Which no. I do like, but I'm yeah. not getting that in You're a freak of nature. <laughs> it's my thing. I don't know. This is a tough
1: one. Because like,
0: I kind of like it,
1: but I kind of don't yeah. like it. I don't know. Definitely for my everyday drinker, I'm going A all day long. I like them both, but I like A better for my everyday, my style of beers. But now on on that sip I just took, B,
0: now I feel like I got a little bit more of like that coffee. I feel like each sip is a little different, and and it's just, it's weird to me. I don't know, it's weird. I can't say I don't like it, though. Um, Uh. Okay, I know what I got to do.
1: All right, do you want me to go first on ratings or? Well, let, let's, you go first on A and then I'll say A and then I'll go first on B then sure. you go on B. We'll take okay. turns. We'll be fair. I'm going to give A uh three. This is out of it's a scale of five, right? Ten.
0: Ten. <laughs> Damn. But no, I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, you rate, can, you, I, I, rate I, rate you rate it. Rate it how yeah. you want to rate it. You rate hard. Sometimes. Like three for me is a beer that I'm like, that's decent. It's fine. I can do that. Yeah. Um, But other people will rate differently
1: if they want to. So do what you want with that. For what I believe this to be a New England style IP, I'm looking at about an average, average beer. So I'm going to go. I'll go five. That's fine. So
0: four and a half? Or no? Yeah. No four. God, my math is so bad today. I'm tired. Math is killing me. Okay, so you go first on B, then.
1: Tell me what you want to do with that one. See, the one thing about B that's got going against for, is I'm not a fan of coffee. So, right there. But I don't think it's, like, crazy pronounced it's not, in there. It's not. That's why it's definitely drinkable. If mm-hmm. it was, like, straight up all coffee, I'd be giving it all one or something like that. Are we allowed to do, like, .5s? No, okay. unfortunately. Okay. All right, and then just out of niceness, because it is a well done beer, it just has a little too much coffee profile on it for me, I'll go a three.
0: Okay.
1: You're you're doing a three on that one? Yeah.
0: Okay. So for me, it's developing a little bit better, uh, than the first beer. So I'm actually gonna give it a four. I'm kind of starting to dig it a little bit. More than a three. So I'm putting it at a four. So that's a
1: three point five. It's a three. Overall. It's the same it's the same thing as the first one. What? The first one you went you went three, I went four. Oh. The second one... I, no, you went five. On oh, the that's one. right. That's yeah. right. You're right. So. I'm okay. wrong. So, A is the winner by
0: a hair, basically. Um, both interesting beers, though. I wouldn't... I'm not
1: going to not finish these beers. No, I've already finished A myself. And, you know, B is one of those ones I would drink again if you're buying. I probably wouldn't pick it up myself. Yeah. But it's definitely one I would drink. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead and reveal the loser of the episode, Beer B,
0: which is still fine at a three and a half. The most confusing one, though. Okay, makes sense. So this is by Allagash. This is 10%, by the way.
1: Damn! Does, does not taste like no, 10%. not at all. So it's called Barrel and Bean. Oh, I've seen that one. I've, I've yet to actually try that one. Well, now you have. It's a triple
0: ale aged in bourbon barrels and blended with cold brewed coffee. So that's, I think that's where we were getting what we were thinking was chocolate, but it's more like a caramel. hmm
1: um, I'm a little disappointed we'll I pick it. up the barrel aging. The yeah.
0: co- The coffee's really pronounced. So they say that the notes on it are supposed to be vanilla, caramel, and a dash of coffee. We did say yeah. like a dash. We were saying it, it wasn't, wasn't coffee huge, heavy. So, yeah. 10%? That does that's not, not seem yet. like 10%. Okay. The triple, that like Belgian triple style threw me off. That really threw me off. <laughs> um, Yeah. Like I dig it though. I dig Alagash. Alright, let's find out what the winner of the episode is with an overall of four. Sixteen ounce can. Du-du-du. Harbinger. It is a hazy IPA by Oliver. Yep, Brew. as soon as I
1: saw the, the, the right. one
0: side of the can. Eight percent alcohol. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Cause I was starting to get as I was drinking it,
1: like I said, I was starting to get a little bit of an of an A B V to it. Yeah, Oliver's has really been impressing me with their IPAs recently. They've been doing some really good ones. I like them. So I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or not, but I had um I'd bought their, their like, best of mixed
0: four-pack.
1: The 16-ounce double IPAs? Yes. Killer IPAs in there. It was the Crown of Lies, I think, was my personal favorite, but they're all yeah. awesome. Yeah, they had Pagan Science, Crown of Lies,
0: um... Uh, Merlin, and there was one that was something like Integrity and Cruelty or something, something like that. Something like that.
1: Yeah, those were all really good, and they're more like an East Coast style. I, I, I want to say, I think they're all clocking at 8% too, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah, and they're good. They're, yeah. I
0: like. I do like what Oliver's been doing. Um, this, I think this is the first foray into Hazy IPAs that I've had from them. So I'm- Officially at Hazy, I believe bad. so, yeah. That's not bad. No. It's not, I mean, I don't, like, love it either, so I don't know. Like I but, said, I would drink it again. But anyway, uh, interesting beers, and I'm excited to see what the next episode brings. So thank you, everyone, for checking this out, and until next time, keep it brutal.